Hi, welcome back to the Franken Fun Podcast. This is your host, Hayden. Co-host, Reef. Also co-host, Ethan. I'm Emily. Hi, Emily. <laughs> and today, we're talking about the theme of neglecting your resp- how, how neglecting your responsibilities can lead to tragedy. And to begin off with, we're going to be doing a plot summary. So today, Ethan and Reef are both going to be competing for the plot summary in under a minute of what happened. So, Ethan, want to go first? Sure, okay. So, uh, Frankenstein burns the French family's house down. He goes to find, no, no, I mean the monster burns the house down. He goes to find, um, he, he goes to find Frankenstein and he knows he lives in Geneva. So, uh, when he's traveling, he finds this little girl that's about to drown, so he saves her and then he gets shot. And then when he's near Geneva, he finds William. And then William's like, my da- or my older brother's gonna mess you up. And so then he kills him. And then he takes his photo and then he plants it in, uh, in one of their servants. And then- Justine. <laughs> Justine. And then that's basically where he leaves off. And then he asks Frankenstein to build him like a wife. And then Frankenstein reluctantly accepts and then Later on in the story of Frankenstein, he goes to like England to gather parts to build uh, the <laughs> monster or this, the monster's wife. Okay, and, and time's goes, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <coughs> and next is Reef. Are we ready? Time or go? Okay, so the monster is coming back from burning that cottage. On his way to Geneva, he finds a girl in a river and he saves her, but. Some guy sees her, sees him, and thinks uh, the monster attacked her, so he shoots him. Then um, he runs into William, uh, Frankenstein's younger brother, and William's like bragging about his brother. So Frank, so the monster strangles William, and uh, sees that Justine or the picture, and then plants it into Justine, who's later executed. And then um, he asks Frankenstein to make him a mate. And then he decides he'll do it. He goes to England. He starts making it. But then the monster like peeks in there and like scares him or something. And then Frankenstein decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. So he takes the remains okay. and... What? <laughs> and then he puts in the ocean. And then he uh, comes back because the winds won't let him. And then he goes to jail because they think... He killed Henry Cavill. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the, uh, some things that was left out is that what Reef kind of said after his time was up is that um, he, uh, like, the creature kills Henry, his best friend, and Frankenstein is, like, blamed for the murder because everyone, like, testifies against him. And then he goes to jail but is eventually released. Yeah. And then at, he, like, is on his wedding day. The creature kills Elizabeth so that um, Frankenstein can, or yeah, the creature kills Elizabeth so that Frankenstein can understand the pain that he's had all of his life. And the loneliness he feels yeah. as well. So one pattern that we noticed throughout the book was that the creature is like, was repeatedly called a monster and a wretch, and then he becomes what he is called by people because he begins to believe that he is that and kind of encompasses that, like, word. He embodies that word. <laughs> yeah, embodies it. Exactly. 
And the quote Hayden's talking about is when William is uh, sees Frank, uh, sees the monster, and he says he struggled violently. Let me go. He cried, "Monster, ugly wretch! You wish to eat me and tear me to pieces. You're an ogre. Let me go, or I will tell my papa." And it's just continually being called a monster. He kind of accepts it and embodies that idea. Well, I don't think he really accepts it. It just kind of happens naturally. And uh, after being, like, looked at like a murderous freak, he eventually becomes a murderous freak because he has nothing else to do and nothing else to turn to. But I think it's important to, like, kind of note, too, that before this happened, he, like, wanted William to be his friend. And then by the way that William reacted, he kind of became what William was scared of in a way because he, like... He wanted him to be my friend, his friend, my friend, and then he like freaked out, and then he ended up getting killed because of how he treated the creature. So the next pattern that we noticed throughout Frankenstein was this repeated fire, and we felt as though it represents finality of death and destruction. So one quote was, the wind fanned the fire, the cottage was quickly enveloped by the flames which clung to it and licked it with their forked and destroying tongues, which kind of, before uh, the creature had been more innocent and after this, the creature began to be more and more like Vic, uh, Victor Frankenstein and everybody else had told him that he was supposed to be. So it kind of symbolized like the drastic shift in personalities between before and after. Yeah, the finality of that state of mind to and embody. that openness of life. Yeah. And then at the end um, of the novel, Frank or the creature says, "I shall collect my funeral pile and consume to ashes this miserable frame," which basically is that he's wants to kill himself with by burning himself to death. Yeah. Um, but it, he also talks about how that his like misery will be burnt on page 241 and I think it's important to notice that like once again the fire creates like destruction but it the destruction in this case is his death mm-hmm. yeah and I think that destruction kind of brings a finality to joy but also to misery and uh yeah the next pattern that we noticed was how Frankenstein thinking that he knew what his future was led to his sickness and worrying which is shown when the creature says to him remember I shall be with you on your wedding night and this in Frankenstein's eyes like kind of foreshadows what he thinks is gonna happen which is that the creature will kill him um and he kind of becomes worried of how Elizabeth is gonna have to like live with that misery and become sick from this like worriedness of how his like love will have to live with that Mm -hmm. it kind of makes like frankenstein really paranoid which kind of stresses elizabeth out throughout it yeah and then i also think uh uh, the monster tells us to frankenstein after he uh, destroys the monsters to be wife or uh the monsters to be companion and then i think that destruction of the monster's companion and like wife kind of foreshadows the death of Elizabeth and uh too bad Frankenstein didn't realize that earlier yeah I agree and then also it shows how Frankenstein 
really doesn't care about his own life. It's more the lives of others that he's affected. And he kind of sacrifices his own life to save those others. But when he destroys the uh, monster companion, um, he kind of sacrifices everyone else's life and, and for the sake of the world. Because he's also like afraid of them making, as a quote, like devil babies. And like both of them running around, like terrorizing everyone. So just this like greater sacrifice because of his lack of responsibility. Yeah, uh, in I the also, beginning. Yeah, I also think it kind of shows his uh, selfishness. How uh, he kind of puts his own uh, morality above the lives of uh, his family, and uh, I think that also is part of the reason why he never kind of lives up to the responsibilities he takes and accepts. Yeah, and then going back to how Hayden was talking about how he knew of a future event which really made him sick. When we know things that are going to happen, it kind of ruins, like, whether it's good or bad. If it's good, it ruins the joy, like, ruins the surprise, and our lives live on surprise and the, uh, what's it called? The, like, random happenings of life. So the next pattern that we noticed was that weather affects the emotions of the characters. Yeah, because at the beginning of the this part of this novel, it talked about how the sun shone on the red leaves that uh, strewed the ground. I don't know how to pronounce that. But then progressively, the characters' emotions got more and more negative as events went on. And then it started getting icy. And it was talking about how um, there was like fierce wind and there was avalanches and that there was a bunch of snow. And it progressively got worse throughout the novel until eventually at the end it was just all ice and that was when there was a bunch of incidents with uh, Frankenstein and the creature. Yeah, and there's like a contrast like I think Victor seeks like the cold and like the Alps where it's like on a high altitude coldness while like um, the monster felt comfort in uh, like the springtime forest where like the cottage was. It's more like his desire to reveal himself to the world and interact with others. That's where he finds comfort versus uh, Victor's solitude. And um, yeah. I also feel like the because the weather got progressively bad, it was just kind of showing like how over time, like Frankenstein's like beginning of how he created the creature progressively just got worse just like the weather did and I feel like a lot of that is shown through the weather and how it like the creature just kept becoming more wretched and just terrible and more bad things just continued to happen yeah it was like a growing storm that eventually hit at the end so one of the biggest parts of reading a novel is kind of understanding what the meaning of the work as a whole is and I think we all each got like something different out of the book um, but with some similarities and I felt as though like throughout the novel you could it was traced that like an unjust society creates the monsters they don't want in society which is interesting because they kind of neglect people and create them to be what they don't want but if they had just like basically if they had just loved Frankenstein then he wouldn't have become I mean if he they hadn't just <laughs> if they had just loved the creature then he wouldn't have become this like evil person yeah that they feared that they feared so they basically created what they 
feared and they had all the power to stop that but a lot of times society will just allow for these things to happen and then kind of like act as though they weren't to blame and then blame the person themselves uh i agree i also got how like the negative effects of trying to emulate god or trying to seek a power more than you can handle in our society you always try to seek like greater power and like better technology to like control things and in result uh the monster is created through this um, desire for more power and trying to change nature versus letting it happen naturally but then it also goes back to how hayden says uh, about the unjust society how even if the monster is created he had all the qualities of a human he had the desire for knowledge the desire for love and uh, just the need for people in his life however however the creator uh, left him like cast him away and no one else in the world cared to love him as another human and if they did maybe he wouldn't uh, become the monster that he became so I kind of agree with Hayden now and then I think that also ties into our uh, theme that like uh, neglecting responsibilities kind of leads to tragedy and then like in the story if Frankenstein didn't uh, neglect his responsibility as the monster's creator then the monster maybe even though he was shunned by society he wouldn't be so uh he wouldn't be so bad yeah and then he'd he'd still have somebody there for him instead of being all alone and uh i think that loneliness was kind of the root cause for his uh for his monstrosity yeah i had the same idea as ethan because i just thought that through the whole novel, it kind of showed how dangerous it could be to neglect what you should be doing because at the beginning, uh, Victor didn't really do anything. He kind of was just like, hey, I'm gonna do this and make this creature. And then as it went on and he continually neglected taking care of the creature, it progressively got worse for him until eventually Frankenstein died and then the creature was like, well, now I don't have anything to do, so I'm just gonna go kill myself. Yeah, and then his ambition to create the creature and reanimate life uh, might have been because somebody in his life, like his father, didn't like accept the responsibility as his caretaker after his mother died. Even though he was a man, he still, like, I think needed somebody to, uh, I guess, talk to instead of letting these like negative emotions accumulate until uh, his ambition to create life. Yeah, but didn't Elizabeth, sorry, not, I, not, not to, but I, I felt like Elizabeth was like the person that kind of like looked after him and like gave him the qualities of his mother. So I don't know. I just saw it differently. Yeah. You can go. <laughs> what was I talking about? I don't know. Um, I think the idea of commitment is very essential, especially today. Like in our relationships, we have to say committed all the way. And if we don't, that's where destruction happens. That's, that's actually really true because he basically he was like committed to the relationship until he realized what he or I'm talking about Frankenstein but yeah, he yeah. was like committed to the relationship until he realized what he had created and then like as we said like neglected it and that's what led to the tragedy I think it's also important to trace uh, 
I guess the changes and continuities of uh, both the monsters and Frankenstein's mindset. So uh, throughout the book, the monster's absolute like hatred towards humanity kind of becomes more subtle and he eventually gives up on it at the end of the book. Uh, and that kind of shows his growth throughout the book. Well, in contrastion, Frankenstein's overly, or uh, is always overly ambitious towards everything he does. And that kind of leads to his, uh, his like repeated downfall in health and uh, how he's made a burden to others. And then, uh, you know, we, we can see that downfall in his health. Uh, like first when he's creating the monster and he just puts all of his time and energy into creating the monster. And then he gets super sick and he needs Henry to nurse him back to health. And then, uh, what else? Yeah, I agree. And then like the contrast, how Frankenstein was overly ambitious while uh, the monster just gave up. It's this need for a, like a balance between the two. Yeah. Because they both fell to their downfall. And then uh, at the end of the book, Frankenstein, he was overly ambitious when he was chasing the creature. And then that led to his, his again, his downfall in health. And he needed the sailors to bring him back to health. And that he was, and that he was again, kind of a burden to them. And then uh, we see that that eventually leads to his death. That overambition. And I also kind of feel like his overambition kind of points to our theme of like neglecting your responsibilities because I think it's your responsibility as a person to think through your actions and a lot of times his ambition and like just like mindset he wouldn't always think through what he said he was gonna do or what he planned to do such as like when he created the monster he didn't really think about like what would happen mm -hmm. afterwards and even when he like promised to the monster that he'd make the creature, he didn't really think stuff through, which is his responsibility, mm -hmm. and that ended up lead leading to his downfall. Yeah, and then because he couldn't follow up on the promises he made and the like, uh, the responsibilities he accepted, uh, he kind of yeah. Yeah, and he let his problems fall on the people around him, which led to their deaths and just being sick. He had people caring for him rather than trying to fix it himself well, yeah which kind of contrast with um the creature because the creature had always tried to take care of the other people around him because he tried to take care of the family at the cottage he tried to save the one little girl he wanted to be friends with william until he started bragging about uh, victor frankenstein so it kind of shows like further contrast between them mm -hmm. and then uh yeah you can see that like full like i guess kind of parabola of change that the creature has where he goes from like wanting to like love and uh, love people and feel society's love to absolutely hating society and wanting to destroy like everything Frankenstein know, knew and love and make him alone and make him feel like he felt to like eventually giving up on his hatred and uh, just accepting his misery. So our next segment is golden quotes and a golden quote that stuck out to me was on page 160 and it was, I cannot describe to you how the eternal twinkling of the stars weighed upon me. And I think it was just like an interesting contrast between um, what stars are supposed to do. Like eternal twinkling of stars usually just kind of make you happy. And like when I, especially like personally, when I look up at the stars, it makes me happy. But for the case of 
Frankenstein, it weighed upon him, and I feel like it just kind of illuminated the state of mind he was at, that even, like, the most, like, gorgeous things in the world wouldn't make him happy because of just, like, the, like, sadness he was going through. Yeah, that quote's very interesting, and I agree with that contrast, because, I mean, stars, when we think of stars, they're, like, the nighttime's beauty versus, like, rainbows during the day, and something weighing you down you know it's not something that's going to be nice um it could also be like an eternal reminder of the good things that he cannot get but i'm not sure i actually didn't even think about that like but it's eternally like kind of there to show him what he doesn't have and like i also didn't when you were speaking about that i realized that like stars kind of like they're up in the sky and they well they weigh something but like the interesting that it's like weighing upon me usually means like that it's like kind of like bringing you down whereas stars are up in the sky so it's just kind of an interesting comparison between like that the stars are up above and that he's kind of down in like his worst yeah. state it's like making him feel smaller than what well, he is small <laughs> <laughs> so another quote i thought was important to talk about was after uh victor frankenstein had just said that he wouldn't create a female monster for the creature um the creature says slave i before reasoned with you but i ha- you have proved yourself unworthy of my con- um, condescension remember that i have power you believe yourself miserable but i can make you so rich that the light of day will ha- be hateful to you you are my creator but i am your master obey so i kind of thought that was important because it showed that the creature is kind of calling Frankenstein out on the fact that he's breaking all of his promises. He's not holding himself to any of his responsibilities that he had to the creature. And he's kind of breaking away and not following anything that he should be. Yeah, I think this is also kind of the creature's like last-ditch effort to try to persuade Frankenstein or force him to create his companion. And I think uh, this kind of like represents his desperation for companionship. And how uh, he would, uh, and he kind of threatens Frankenstein by saying that he'll make him feel the misery that he's felt if he doesn't uh, get his lover to be created. Yeah. Um, last night I read something. I think it was about this quote, but the time that this book was written, I think it was during like when they had slaves and everything, and I'm not sure. Mary Shelley's view on uh, that topic, but uh, I think what I read was saying the possibility of what the slaves would do to um, their owners. Like revolting against yeah, them? Yeah, and like, like almost make them feel what they felt. So, Which is exactly what the creature did. Yeah, so. It's actually very interesting. I thought that was interesting. So our theme that neglecting responsibilities can lead to tragedy kind of resonates with me because uh, in the summer, uh, the responsibility of taking care of our family's chicken was placed upon me and uh, I neglected that and I didn't take care of it and uh, I didn't change out its water when it needed fresh water and I uh, didn't change out its food when it needed new food and then that led to its death and I don't know, that was kind of... A tragedy in my family, especially for my little brother Owen, and uh, yeah, that kind of sucked. But 
that that kind of shows how like in the story Frankenstein neglected his responsibility as the monster's creator and and that kind of you know caused everybody in his life and family to die just how yeah, that chicken was a part of my family and it died <laughs> yeah and like Ethan saying like the lack of responsibility its effects is also on the those on those you love. So I connected with the theme kind of because I have to do uh, social media work for my mom and I continually keep on not doing it. So I'm kind of neglecting that and then my punishments for doing that keep getting progressively worse. Like eventually it's gonna, it's working out to the point where my parents are just gonna say, you can't drive to school and they're gonna make me walk. So it keeps getting worse. So I kind of connect to this theme of like neg neglecting your responsibilities because like if keeps getting way worse of a punishment for me so one situation where um my lack of responsibilities led to a very tragic thing was last um membership for csf i uh, forgot to sign up for it so i was unable to join for that month or that semester and which really resulted in my mom getting pretty mad because it's very important for you know colleges and I guess possible scholarships and just the recognition for graduation and also like now I have to get it consistently like I had the like good enough grades of course but just I have to constantly remember to sign up or I'll be unable to obtain the reward for <laughs> um, getting it and I guess another tragic failure is if I don't do it, I'll probably not get the award for graduation, which will very much be horrible and tragic. For me, a time that I have neglected my responsibility and it led to my own tragedy was when I neglect, which happens very often, but I neglect a lot of my chores just because I make up excuses like homework or that I have extracurricular stuff like ASB or tennis and drama and all that jazz. But I'll make up excuses for why I don't do my chores. And then I'll first off get in trouble, which is never fun. And second off, I'll lose the potential, like potentially getting an allowance and that's also sad because then I don't have as much money. And so I feel like a lot of times neglecting your responsibilities can just end up being bad. And I actually personally, whenever I neglect my responsibility of my chores, like cleaning up my room, I just, I personally feel bad because I know that it should be clean. And I feel like I need to be at a higher standard than what I'm actually achieving. And it's just kind of hard and it just kind of makes me more down on myself, which is just never a good thing. We just wanted to end off our last podcast with saying thank you to all of our listeners, a.k.a. Mr. Wills. And we hope that you enjoyed our analysis of the book.